looking at a verse this morning in 1 John chapter 4 and 14. That's 1 John, the epistle of John, chapter 4 and verse 14. And you may stand with me for the reading of that verse. and 14 and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world let us pray Lord uh, we thank you this morning for these words of scripture that testify to the truth that we all embrace this morning. And Lord, what a wonderful, precious truth it is to our lives. I pray, dear Lord, that this morning it will be reinforced in our hearts and minds that, Lord, uh, we will not be, as it were, uh, casual with this, but, Lord, that we will see the force and the truth, that uh, we will see uh, the validity of this statement in our lives, in the way we live them, in our actions, in everything that we do. Lord, thank you for the revelation that we have of Jesus Christ. And help us, we pray this morning, as. We look at this word. May the Holy Spirit speak to us and help us, dear Lord, and may it be uh, emboldened in our lives as we think about this great salvation that we have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So we read these words, the, the title of the message you saw in the bulletin, is inspiring testimonies of Jesus' divinity. And here, John the Beloved, who is writing now in the, toward the end of these days, we believe, uh, says that uh, we have seen and do testify. Uh, John was still testifying. He was an old guy. Uh, he, he had seen a lot. Probably there were a lot of things that the aged John could not any longer do. Age had no doubt taken a, a toll on him. And isn't it amazing, folks, as we get older, some of the things that we took for granted early on in our lives uh, have become either a chore or a real impossibility for us to accomplish. Uh, we, we, we look at them and we say, you know, I just can't do that anymore. I, it doesn't matter how bad I want to. It doesn't matter that I know how to do it. It doesn't matter that I've done it in my younger years. I just can't do that anymore. Or if you can... And I know some don't understand this. Some of the younger 
if you can do it, you say, it's just not worth it for what I'm going to pay in pain and stiffness and maybe recovering from it for two or three days uh, because uh, we just, we are different. Uh, I am amazed, uh, giving a little personal insight, I am amazed that preaching wears me out now. <laughs> uh, I used to hear uh, preachers talk about uh, being exhausted from preaching, and, uh, and I couldn't understand it. Uh, I know I've heard a lot of high-energy preachers that, as I've listened to them, I could understand. I think it was uh, Charles Williams uh, that used to just perspire and, and ruin his coat as he was preaching. Uh, he had a lot of energy. He had, he had a lot of, of uh, activity when he was preaching, a lot of mobility, and, uh, and he was a big guy. And, uh, and so one, one wearing of a, a suit in a service was time to change uh, because uh, he was, you could, you could wring it out almost probably in some places. Uh, but I didn't understand that early on. But now I understand a little more about it as, I'm, uh, as I am uh, up in years a ways and I go home and I think, well, all I, all I did was preach, uh, but I'm tired and I'm ready to sit down and relax and, and usually close my eyelids for a little bit uh, and get going again. So, yeah, I understand that. So here we're talking about an old fella, John the Beloved. Uh, what, what a wonderful life he had, the things that he had seen. Uh, and uh, he was still spreading the word. He was still spreading the message. He was still, he was still involved. He wanted everybody to know about this Jesus. Uh, he wrote his gospel, uh, but now uh, believing this was to those in Ephesus where he spent his last years after his uh, terrible time on the Isle of Patmos, uh, he is testifying to these people. He's still got a testimony. I know we don't have testimony service in our churches anymore, and I know some of those things had their downside uh, because people sometimes got on the same line all the time or they, were, they would tell the same story. Uh, but there were some of them that kind of lit a little flame in my heart where somebody would say, you know, this happened to me this week, or the Lord revealed himself to me, and it encouraged me uh, to keep on keeping on in the way of Christ. And uh, so, yeah, there were, there were some downers, but there were some uppers too. There were some good things to that. And I still appreciate going to Sunday school and hearing people give uh, testimonies, even if it's not in a testimony meeting of telling what God has done. So John is an old fella, but he knows some things that the young people don't know. He's been some places that the young people have not been, and he is continuing 
to share what he has experienced and what he knows. And he's talking about this association that he had with Jesus, his, the human Jesus, the human divine Jesus, who he had walked with, walked with and been a servant to. And you remember that John was the one who loved to be close to Jesus. When you think about John the Beloved, uh, he is John the Beloved, not because Jesus singled him out and loved him more than any of the other disciples, but it's because John, this disciple of Jesus, clung to Jesus, and because John showed his love and his admiration for Jesus in setting close to him, uh, in identifying him uh, when they were on the boat after Jesus' resurrection, when the disciples, Peter said, I go fishing, and John was with him. Uh, Jesus appeared on the shore, remember, in the early morning hours when probably could hardly recognize who a person was. And it was John that said to Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And so uh, we know that John had his shortcomings. John had his faults. Uh, but John clung to Jesus. Yeah, there was a time when he would have called fire down from heaven and devoured the Samaritans uh, because he thought they were going against his Jesus. But he learned better. And he became the apostle of love. And we find love over and over again in the epistle that he wrote. God is love, he says, and that everyone that is born of God loves. So John learned better. But he does not give up the physical, the verbal, I should say, the verbal testimony of Jesus. He's going to keep on talking about Jesus. And I encourage you again this morning, folks, when you can say a word about Jesus, say a word about Jesus. You don't have to get somebody down on the, on the ground and be praying for them to get saved, but you can speak a word about Jesus. Um, Reverend Young can tell you that uh, when we were together and we had gone fishing uh, with, a, with a charter captain. Uh, I, I called him, and I think you heard me tell uh, George, I'm praying for you, George. Uh, George wanted me to bring the whole congregation and get them on the boat so he could make a few bucks. Uh, but I wanted to make the point that I hadn't forgotten that George had spiritual needs. And so it doesn't hurt for us to mention the things of God. They may be, they may be rejected. Uh, they may be, uh, uh, somebody may act offensively because uh, you have said something about the Lord. We can't control how other people act, but we can be the kind of people God expects us to be 
and let others know that we're following Jesus and we still believe that's the way to live. Whatever the world's doing, we still believe that's the way to live and we want to be faithful to him. So let's hear it for John this morning that he was a faithful person to testify and he said, I know that God the Father, God the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. John walked with Jesus, and John knew what Jesus was like as an earthly Savior that was divine indeed. He was the God-man. So uh, it's John that wrote for us in the Gospel of John. Um, Denny, I'll call your attention to this because your mom, uh, when we're talking together, I said, uh, I said, Thelma, what is one of the verses in the Bible that uh, is one of the most popular verses? And uh, she, couldn't, she couldn't think of, of what it was. And uh, I said, how about... Uh, John 3.16, and she's right, she's right away. For God so loved the world. She couldn't think of the verse, but she knew what the verse was, that for God so loved the world. And she went over that a couple times as I visited with her. She knew that it was for God so loved the world. And that is, that is written to us by John the Beloved, the golden text of the Bible, that God so loved the world. And so he, is, he was sent to be the savior of the world. That's not just a select little group, just, just a few people. Uh, the Bible tells us that broad is the way that, that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat, but narrow is the go gate. We don't hear that too much today, folks. It's narrow is the gate and straight is the way. When I was growing up, I used to hear that a lot. The straight and narrow way. And it's still a straight and narrow way today, folks. And if many people are going the broad way, many people are following the trends of the world, many people are ignoring the things of the church, uh, we, cannot, we cannot make them change direction. But we can walk the way we're supposed to walk. We can stay on the straight and narrow way and walk in the path of righteousness as God has shown us. Well, John gives us an inspiring testimony of Jesus' divinity. He's the Savior of the world. I'm glad I don't believe in a limited atonement. There's just something about that saying a limited atonement that causes me uh, to react in a negative way because the Bible doesn't talk about that. The Bible talks about Jesus died for all and that salvation is available to all. Uh, all that call upon the name of the Lord can be saved, the scripture tells us. And so 
We don't believe in a limited atonement. We believe that it's for everybody. And as, as we're looking at inspiring testimonies this morning, there are several that we could use. Uh, I've selected just a few, and I'm not sure if I use all them, but uh, the first testimony that I wanted us to look at this morning uh, we're going to skip over John the Baptist. His is a wonderful testimony. Uh, we're going to skip over some of the others that are there. And we're going to look at John 1.49. That's the Gospel of John now. So we're going back to the four Gospels. <clears throat> and John 1.49 tells us a story. And we'll go back just a little before that. Uh, where... Uh, the scripture tells us that uh, Philip had begun following Jesus. Uh, Philip was called, and it says in verse 44 that in John chapter 1 that Philip was of Bethsaida. Uh, but Philip wasn't satisfied uh, just to follow Jesus. He had to tell somebody else what a good, a good uh, find he had made when, when he was introduced to Jesus. And so uh, the Bible tells us in 45 that Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? So bear in mind that they didn't know anything about the early journeys of Jesus, the, the miraculous birth of Jesus, the virgin birth. Uh, they, uh, Nathanael knew about prophecies, uh, and uh, he knew that uh, Bethlehem, no doubt, was would come to mind that that was the birthplace of the Savior. Uh, he didn't know anything about that. Uh, but here Philip is, is telling him about someone they found from Nazareth. Uh, and uh, so he says, uh, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was a rough town where Roman soldiers frequented and uh, it, was, it was known uh, for uh, its uh, coarseness. It wasn't, it wasn't considered to be a good place. But Philip said to him, <clears throat> uh, Nathaniel, come and see. So maybe the first thing we should say before we go on with this story is, uh, who is this Nathaniel? Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, don't talk anything about Nathaniel. If you look in your concordance, you won't find anything about Nathaniel in the three Gospels preceding John. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke do not mention Nathaniel. <coughs> so, who is Nathaniel? Well, it is believed that the name that is used for Nathaniel in the other Gospels is Bartholomew. 
and that name might awaken your memory a little bit. Uh, not that he was a great spokesman or great leader, but that is a name that is used, and they believe that is the same person, that Nathaniel and uh, Bartholomew are the same person because whenever Nathaniel, uh, whenever Bartholomew is mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he's always mentioned with Philip. So this is the connection, and that's why they think that Bartholomew is the other name for Nathaniel. <coughs> we could look at references. The, there's references through the book of John to Nathaniel. Jesus appeared to the disciples, and Nathaniel was named in them. Uh, so Nathaniel was a faithful follower of Jesus. Um, so uh, the, the Bible tells us that uh, these, these things, as uh, Philip went to get uh, Nathaniel, that these questions came up in his mind. Now, it might, if, you, if you want to check these things out, I'll give you, there's not very many verses. Uh, Matthew 10.3 talks about Mar Bartholomew. Mark 3.18 talks about uh, when Jesus called the disciples. That's Bartholomew is mentioned there with Philip, as I recall. Uh, Luke 6.14, and, uh, and then you find other mentions of Nathaniel in, in John. The name Nathaniel is used in John uh, the scripture we're reading now, and also in 21.2. And then if you look at Acts 1.13, where uh, the Bible tells us about the disciples being together uh, for the advent of the, the Holy Spirit into the church, um, the scripture tells us there, and I'll read that to you, and there... And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. So here we have the name used with one name in between, but uh, uh, as Luke is the writer, he's using the name of Bartholomew. So this is who we're talking about, and there's nothing negative written about him. Uh, he no doubt fled with the others when they came to arrest Jesus because Jesus said that they all were going to run away. Uh, even... John would be indicted in that because uh, while he left, he did come back. But here we have uh, Nathanael came to Jesus, said to him, Behold, Jesus is talking now, so the, the writing in your Bible, if you have a red letter edition, these are the words of Jesus. When Jesus saw Nathanael or Bartholomew, he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. <clears throat> Nathanael saith unto him, 
Whence now knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Uh, so we have, we have here Jesus uh, giving a character analysis of Nathaniel. Uh, folks, Jesus knows all about us, doesn't he? Uh, he knows what we're like. Uh, sometimes I do like many of you do. I kind of look back over my life and I say, well, you know, you, you got a lot of negatives there. Uh, you, got, you got a lot of problems there, that, uh, things that uh, you could have done the right way. And, uh, you know, of course, Satan wants to come at us with those things, our failures, our downfalls. Uh, folks, we can't go back and change the beginning, can we? We cannot go back and change what our lives have been. But I'll tell you what we can do, folks. We can change the ending. Praise God, we can change the ending. We can, from this time forth, be what God wants us to be. No, we can't change the past, but we can walk faithfully in the straight and narrow, can't we? And we can, we can live to the glory of God. And so, yes, Joe, Jesus knows all about us, and he knew all about Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel's family history wasn't the greatest. I don't know his immediate uh, predecessors, uh, his immediate ancestors, but I can tell you, I can tell you about him uh, that he had in his family line Jacob, uh, who was an Israelite, and uh, he certainly had a lot of guile. He was a deceiver. He was a heel grabber, according to the scripture. Uh, he, his business was to take advantage of as many people as he could, and, uh, and it almost got him killed. If it wasn't for the, for the mercies of God, he would have been killed. So... In the Old Testament, you can go back and read about Jacob, the deceiver. Jacob, the deceiver. So here Jesus talks to this Israelite. Now, Jacob's name was changed from heel grabber to prince of God. That's where the name Israel originated. God changed Jacob's name and gave him the name of a, as a prince with God. So that is Israel, and that was his new name. But here, Jesus looks at this Israelite, and he says to him, you do not have, you are not one who practices guile. You are not a deceiver. Um, I, know, I know a lot of good people in this world that are, are honest and upright, and good folks, 
I'm tempted to give you another story, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, but, you know, people appreciate it when you're honest with them, and they reciprocate a lot of times and do nice things back for you. Uh, so uh, you can think of things where you've maybe got a break because somebody saw that you were honest and forthright and you were, you were a, a, a good kind of person. And uh, so I'm, I thankful, I'm thankful to God for all those kind of people. But Jesus said, you are what you appear to be. Uh, you're, you're not a hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite. And Nathan that rang a bell with Nathaniel because Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And that's when Jesus cast the light of divinity saying, I saw you. I saw you. We don't know how often Jesus had these kind of revelations. But this was a revelation that truly was a divine revelation. I saw you under the fig tree. The fig tree oft times was used as a place for people to get under and meditate, to muse. Not a bad thing to do that, folks. Not a bad thing to take a little time, meditate, and muse. And it makes you wonder, was Nathaniel maybe thinking about what happened when Jacob had camped at a certain place? He was fleeing from his brother, and he camped at a certain place, and he had for his, for his head a pillow that was a stone, is what the song says. Uh, we don't sing that a whole lot anymore, uh, but he had, he, had a, he had a hard, you think your pillow's hard. Uh, Jacob really had a hard pillow, lady's head on a stone, and, and when he did, he had a vision. It makes you wonder when Jesus brings this story out, uh, if you look in Genesis 28, 12, uh, you'll find you'll find the story that Jesus refers to. And this is what the scripture says happened to Jacob, 28, 12. And he dreamed uh, and, well, let's, let, let, let me go back and read this in verse 10. Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place, this is 28, 11 of Genesis, and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. So see, preacher didn't make that up. That's in the book. He set those stones for his pillows. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. 
and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Wow, that sounds like the same promise that was given to Abraham, doesn't it? I think it is. I think it's being handed down to posterity. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whether thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And so he rose up early in the morning, took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it and called the name of that place Bethel. Have you ever heard of churches named Bethel? That's house of God. And the, but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So there we have tithing. I will give the tenth. This is not commanded in the law. This was something that Jacob said he would do. So there we have that story. And then Jesus, when he talks to Nathaniel, uh, if you want to use your imagination, I can't prove that Nathaniel was thinking about this scripture. But uh, Jesus brings this thought to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So God is standing at the top of the ladder. This is heaven reaching earth. God is communicating himself to earth. This is not a Tower of Babel. This is, this is God reaching down, not man reaching up. This is God reaching down, and that's what, that's what we believe has to happen, that God has to reach down to sinful man. Sinful man cannot elevate himself. Sinful man cannot bring himself into the presence of God. God has to reach down. So God puts the ladder down, and Jacob sees it. And now, since God has reached down, and you see the angels of God, what are they doing? They're descending, they're ascending on the ladder. What does that tell us? The blessings of God come to us from God himself through Jesus Christ Jesus here says, I'm that ladder. You'll see the angels of God. 
ascending, descending on, on me. And so we see, the, we see the great picture of how God reaches down to us in salvation and all the blessings we get in this life, folks, that have any consequence at all come to us through Jesus Christ and through the blessings of God himself. But how did God reach man? He sent Jesus down to this earth, and he is that one that all the blessings are conveyed to us on. And so, uh, you ought to go back and read that story again. It's been a while since I've read it, but you know, it's, that's a great story of how, of how Jacob slept on a stone like that, put his head on a, on a pillow of stone, and then made it a pillar so he could worship God. Well, Nathaniel gave a great testimony of who he believed he was talking to, that you are, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Folks, we're still serving God's beloved Son. He is, he is God the Son. He is God, he is God to us. And so God communicates his blessings to us. And he says, you are the king of Israel. And there's a great deal could be said on that, which I'm not going to do this morning. But you are the king of Israel. And so Jesus, yes, he is king now, but he's also a coming king, isn't he? He's going to come again. And this old world's going to be set right. And laws that have been made that go against God's word, God is going to set things right once again. So we praise him for that this morning. Folks, I praise the Lord this morning for his faithfulness and goodness to me, and I always want to be faithful to him, to serve him and do his will. And I trust that we've only covered one person. Maybe the Lord will let me go on with this thought, but uh, we're going to we're going to close with that, feel that enough has been said, and uh, trust that it's been an inspiration to your heart that uh, God will strengthen you and help you to be a witness for him. You say, well, I've tried, and people don't receive it. Well, keep trying. Keep trying. You never know when there's going to be receptivity, when somebody is going to open their heart to the Lord. Will you stand with me this morning?